This is Beyond Mentorship with Dr. Nimrod Mbele is brought to you with the compliments of Plus 94 Research, the science of decision making. Welcome back. Uh, this is the second segment of our show. My name is Nimrod Mbele. If you are just for the first time, uh, please stay tuned. We just parted with uh, a very interesting fellow by the name of Paul Ballen, who is the founder of Paul's Homemade Ice Cream. Um, it's amazing how his story, um, you know, resonates with so many of uh, up-and-coming entrepreneurs. So taking this uh, thought process further, we are now joined by Nicola Cooper, who is the founder of Nicola Cooper & Associates. Um, uh, I believe she's already ready. Welcome to Beyond Mentorship, uh, Nicola. Thank you very much. It's so wonderful to be here. Absolutely. And and I've already enticed uh, the listener about uh, the kind of work that you are doing. Uh, take us through, first and foremost, the, the, the products that uh, and you, um, Nicola uh, Cooper Foundation, it's all about, first, you know. And, and secondly, um, what instigated the thought of having a business uh, in, in, in the analytical space, uh, looking into issues of cultural imperatives um, in pretty much across all the sectors? Um, well, I guess I'm a little bit of a reluctant businesswoman. Um, my business or my consultancy was really born out of necessity. I think, you know, working in the field and working in a variety of different um, sort of product spaces, I realized that we were just copying and pasting trends from a global perspective without understanding its relevance or its adoption from a local perspective. And equally so, we weren't looking at local trends for expo export or local trends for local. So. Um, I really began um, mostly focusing on fashion, but my background is in um, sort of fashion, lifestyle, and popular culture. And that crosses a number of different sort of industries, which includes FMCG, which is your kind of foods, um, as well as fashion retail. Um, and sort of fashion items or wellness items and those kinds of things. Interesting um, a value proposition you're saying. You, you were obviously not so reluctant because the, you come across as someone who had a good sense of what were the limitations uh, in terms of how South African market was responding. Uh, and obviously you correctly pointed out that cut and paste was, an, was the obviously an issue for you. But take us through, because the kind of work that you do, you are responding to the needs of specific industry. Um, because how did you come about with that kind of thinking that if you were to come to Nimrod Mbelen Association as an example, you say, Nimrod, you are based on infographics, based on the research, you are not leveraging on your target market because, you know, you are, you are not, you're not, that responsive as an example would i be correct to yes. capture your, your the kind of business thought process as it was yes i think um obviously from the foundation perspective we like to work with research so that we're coming from a place of knowledge whether that is 
um, looking at data analytics or looking at sales. In most cases, it's looking holistically at all of those perspectives and then sort of building strategic recommendations out of that. And those strategic recommendations include, you know, potential marketing collateral, uh, platforms, language, tone of voice, visual language, and also, um, you know, targeting your audience and what are the emotional touch points of your audience and what are the trend drivers uh, within that audience as well as the trend adoption of your audience. I think, you know, a lot of South African businesses think that um, all consumers are the same and that the adoption rate is completely the same, which is completely untrue. Um, whereas, you know, a Mr. Price consumer has a very different adoption rate from a Woolworths consumer. So it's also trying to find out where your consumers are sitting within the adoption rate in terms of trends. That, that's quite interesting uh, insight indeed. So perhaps maybe from the now that we've got a sense of your methodology on on how you were able to capture your your market what has been the experience of your journey as an entrepreneur when you started because the show the the, the well the, the thinking behind the show is to see how we can um inspire up-and-coming entrepreneurs who may want to be in the same space that you are in or any other space for that matter take us through how you started this particular business that looks at the trends based on different based on based on different consumer patterns and uptakes i think it really comes from a um a fascination of humans and um you know and specifically around identity formation because our purchasing patterns are based on our our personal identity, whether that is our current personal identity or our aspirational personal identity. And this is something that really has been an area of interest since I was studying, which is looking at sort of African and South African cultures, subcultures and countercultures, and then looking at, um, you know, a very consumer centric approach approach and that was as a result of I understanding that a lot of South African consumers and African consumers are previously neglected. I think you know a lot of businesses that started um, historically started with a sort of mindset of you know what um, we're just gonna um, sell things obviously there's so little choice our consumers will have to buy here and there was really very little thought given into who the consumer was and what they were dealing with on a daily basis and why they should spend money with you and I think you know um, quite early on in my career I developed the understanding of, of the necessity for what is called the localization or localization and it really came into strong fruition when I worked uh, with MTV base and I think that was really a turning point where I recognized how localization and globalization really comes into play and that was because MTV uh, base was launching in Africa what it had to do is look universally 
MTV, but equally so, it had to have a flavor that was distinctly African. But it equally needed the understanding of the sort of intricacies and delicacies of the different cultures. And when you look at a traditional MTV um, sort of content, you're looking at a lot of sort of um, revealing content. And when you look at the African continent, there is a lot of sort of modesty um, due to religion and, and due to a number of different things. So the the kind of understanding of like, okay, cool, it has to look really universally like an MTV, but at the same time, it has to be cognizant of where it is living and where that content is living in order to it um, sort of not isolate uh, the audience as well as uh, representing the audience. And that was a very short time into my career and a long time ago now where I just, you know, it really was critical for me to assist audiences and consumers to feel represented. Interesting uh, insight, um, <clears throat> particularly when you juxtapose the South African consumer with the rest of the world. But here's the question that uh, often is not understood. Um, earlier on, you spoke about um, how the trends were pretty much cut and paste, but because you then saw the gap in the market yes. uh, by, by pursuing mm -hmm. what could be defined as Afrocentric consumption pattern, um, because that there lies in a huge market if you like, because these are markets that were not explored. These are markets that are uniquely South African or African. How yes, big is that? A, yeah, how big is that a challenge? Um, I think earlier on, when I sort of decided that that was going to be my area of focus, it was very frustrating um, because. Obviously, when we are futurists, we are a little bit ahead of um, the way of thinking. And um, it was really trying to get a lot of businesses on board with that sort of mentality. So we were knocking on a number of different doors where people were just saying, you know what, we're just not ready, we're just not ready. And so for us, it was really a, um, a game of patience as well as a game of trust. So, you know, any of our clients that we went into conversations or um, into these kinds of relationships with, we were constantly having to guide them and simultaneously educate them as to why it's so critical for a point of differentiation in business. And not only for us to understand that that um, offers us a point of differentiation from global businesses trying to enter the African market, but equally so to identify our value and our voice and our offerings to the outside world. This has taken, I guess, I mean, it's, it's almost 15 years of my career um, sort of playing a very, very long game. Um, but a lot of people were really progressive and had the foresight and many of them weren't. But what we're starting to see is because we were so consistent and adamant in seeing the value in that, now even we're starting to get more and more clients that are saying, well, you know, 
we see it and we understand it now and let's let's do the work absolutely um nicole let's take a quick break and pay our bills we'll come back just in a second because i just want to piggyback on the issue about you know afrocentrism and the extent to which you are able to leverage on you know uh, leadership brands in the continent because when you look at the consumption pattern we are often uh, we we speak we speak the right language but we don't act accordingly it's almost like we 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 talking left but walking right let me let me yes. let me explain that when we come back after after the break this is Beyond Mentorship with Dr. Nimrod Mbele. Is brought to you with the compliments of Plus 94 Research, the science of decision making. Welcome back to the last leg of Beyond Mentorship. My name is Nimrod Mbele. I am in the good company of Nicola Cooper, who is the founder of Nicola Cooper uh, and Associate. Uh, this, is a this is a trend researcher and analytical analyst and structural um, cultural strategist consulting firm you know before we took that break we had a very interesting insights which perhaps maybe you uh, can guide further by giving us your thoughts through our sms line which is 34519 the telegram is 061-895-1019 um, i'm sure nicole would be happy to respond to any of your thoughts as we proceed um, moving along, Nicole, before we took that break, I wanted you to share with us, you know, the whole point about being Afrocentric and trying to push the brands that are predominantly Afrocentric. And, and the reality is that we consume more and more of Europe and America and so on and so forth. How does the kind of work that you do create more market? for businesses that are operating in a country such as yourself and other businesses that I want to operate in the country for them to realize how massive um, Afri African market is, particularly in the context of other macro um, initiatives such as the uh, Continental Free Trade Agreement because they're, they're lots, there's huge opportunities. But without getting into technical stuff and heavy, um, take us through how do you bring it down to promoting locally based content without necessarily pushing the agenda of the West or Europe? Sure, I mean, I think one of the most fulfilling parts of my role is that I get to shine a light on incredible people generating incredible work. Um, and I get to take the, that into boardrooms uh, with me and I think that that's really what is the most fulfilling part of my job is shining a light on those sort of movers and shakers that are just literally on the tipping point and being able to take them into rooms where there is potential investment or acquisition and taking them beyond that tipping point and I think for me as a trend analyst and cultural stra strategist finding those um, sort of gems is really what is most important in terms of my role within the industry. And I think a lot of the time, a lot of people don't understand that that's my job. My job is to take in information that will, and that specifically focuses on local so that there is exposure 
to what is really happening out there and that people are looking, people like myself are constantly looking for these really rare gems in order to take them and and highlight them. I think, you know, it doesn't cost <laughs> these young entrepreneurs or businesses anything to feature in my reports or to be taken into those spaces. It really is those who I feel are so um, ready for the market. So I think in that aspect, it's a lot of the times it's really about opening up conversations of either acquisition or collaboration or commission. So I think in those cases, it really is for me a almost an interpreter's role um, where I am speaking to one business owner and another business owner and I'm getting them to understand the same language. Whether it's a large brand speaking with a small smaller brand, the idea is both brands are equally important to those who are developing them. So it really is about navigating those spaces together and, um, you know, hosting these kinds of critical conversations in order to grow the market. Absolutely. Uh, as we wrap up, Nicole, what would you say, um, what, what sort of message would you pass on to a person who's listening to you now says, I want to become a trend analyst. I want to have the kind of thinking that would make my business become one of the trailblazers. I think what you really have to do is, for me, whether you're a brand or a new business or a business such as myself, you've got to sort of spot a gap in the market of what is really missing and then what are you what are the problems you are solving in terms of your business what are you taking to your consumers because i think a lot of the time our consumers are so overwhelmed with their daily roles we've got people who are just you know sort of wall to wall um so what we've got to do is assist them in a number of different things one is to make money two is to save money and if we can do that in whichever form or offer them something that is completely unique and is a strong uh, point of differentiation in terms of marketplace product, then you're onto something. And then you really, really have to be quite strategic in how you bring it about. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I mean, I like the, the three points that you raised, which are worthy of um, a listener to take into account. One is that spot the, spot the gap in the market. And secondly, what, what the second you've said, what is the problem that you as an entrepreneur trying to solve? And because by virtue of solving a problem, you are adding value to somebody's life. The third point that you raised, which I, I couldn't agree with you more on, is that what what is it that the consumer is likely to take? And bearing in mind that avalanche of data, avalanche of marketing that ordinary consumers are actually faced by. So those are some of the three points that I've picked up, which I think uh, would certainly add value in terms of how entrepreneurs need to think um, through their businesses. Absolutely. And this is, I mean, trends are applicable to businesses, even though they choose not to follow them. 
they need to know what exists even if it is not to follow a trend. Unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. It's been absolutely beautiful having you on the show. I certainly hope that the, the listener got some very good insight in terms of what to look for in studying their own business businesses. Thank you ever so much for having me. It's always an honor. You're most welcome. That was Nicola Cooper, who is the founder of Nicola Cooper and Associates. She's a trend analyst by profession, really giving us good insights on what sort of consumer patterns are like and on what basis are you able to uh, make a product based on the gaps that you've seen in the market. We're going to have a little bit here until we meet again next week. Shalom.